It can be lonely at the top. We all know what it's like to lead and own a business and wanting to scale, but finding yourself at a glass ceiling. That is where the power of collaboration and connection comes in. Hi, I'm Natasha Milani. I'm an expert at helping businesses and business owners harness the power of collaboration to connect, scale and grow. I am passionate about collaboration. I believe that no one executes alone. We all do better when we do it together. Welcome to this Power of Collaboration podcast. It's wonderful to have you here. I hope you get the inspiration and information you need to harness the power of collaboration to break through your glass ceilings. Today, I welcome Stan Contos, co-founder of Star Pharmacy Group and Soul Results. We're going to talk a bit more about Soul Results in a minute. Welcome, Stan. Thank you, Natasha, and hello to everybody out there. So, Stan, let's just talk about a little bit of background. Who is Stan? Talk about Star Pharmacy Group and a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I, I was born and raised here in South Australia, Natasha, and, you know, we lived in a low socioeconomic uh, life when we were small. Uh, we didn't have much, but um, we were a loving family. And um, education was everything, and that was impregnated in me by my parents. So I got educated and got into uni and uh, and finished as a pharmacist with a degree and, and worked as a pharmacist. And that led, um, after a few years, to, to buying my, um, my first pharmacy back in 1991 uh, with, my, uh, with my partner, Peter, and worked a small business for a number of years before we looked at branching out further. So um, you became a pharmacist, so there was uh-huh. a technical skill there. That's right. Now, just tell me, how many pharmacies in your group now? In our group, we've got a number of partners. So we've got pharmacies in SA, New South Wales and Queensland, and we've got 59 at the moment. So, uh, and that's spread out across the country. Just tell us how the story evolved from one, your own, and then it expanded. I think it's, um, we never, I never had the desire to expand. I was just happy to get into business and have, have one uh, business. And, and uh, I think it was about the seven-year rich where um, I thought, and, um, wouldn't it be great to run another business? And, uh, and, it, and it wasn't easy, but eventually uh, we bought uh, another business and then uh, ran that. And then I learnt about systemising because you can't be running two businesses 100%. You just don't have the time. So, so I learned about the e-myth and I learned about systemising a business. Um, I learnt um, I had all the hats, the HR hat, the IT hat, the BDM hat, every hat you could think of, and ran that second business. And then, of course, as the years went by and we grew the number of businesses, I then had to relinquish each hat so that uh, I, because you just can't do it all and you get better people. So I learned um, that you alone can do it, but you cannot do it alone. And I learned that always surround yourself with better people than yourself. And, um, and also equally, like um, I also learned the value of getting into a forum uh, where there's other business people um, so you're not lonely at the top and you, and you can collaborate and learn from others. One of my, um, as I, my opening line in this podcast was, it can be lonely at the top and you just yes. said it then. Collaboration is all about surrounding yourself with the right people, good people, smarter people, as yeah. you say. Your business model actually is very collaborative. It is a partnership, isn't it? It is. Um, each store has uh, um, has an owner in it or a couple of partners and so we promote collaboration, we promote partnership in the group and uh, and then we, we have a head office that services all the businesses and provides all the support uh, from you know accounting and tax all the way to BDM and buying and uh, HR and the, all the services so that it makes it easier on the on the owners in the store. 
And you mentioned that you wore all the hats. You yes. were HR, yes. business development. Yes, payroll um, as well. Payroll. <laughs> How did you start to step away from some of those roles? Well, as you grow, what I realised was you have to bring the resources on before you grow. Um, because otherwise you can't grow. So a lot of people think, let me let me grow first, get the money, then I'll pay for the resources. So I always found you have to pay for the resources up front, then you grow. And so each time we decided uh, that we're going to liberate a particular function, we'd uh, obviously hire a person to do that function. It would cost us money, we uh, money that was out of our own personal uh, profits. But then that allowed us to free up time so then we can grow the business or the businesses um, or the services we offer, which then helped fund uh, the, the extra resources. So we do it that way. We put resources on first and then uh, and then entrepreneurially uh, fund it. Great insight. Thank you. You mentioned E-Myth. Can we just expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I love the E-Myth, Michael Gerber. Great book. And uh, it, I really had no idea because I didn't come from a business background. So when I read it, it was just an aha moment to systemize your business and, and, and create checklists and create and then train your staff and into how to, how to create this consistency and not just systems, but even uh, the system of serving customers, let alone the system of ordering or the system of, of running the, the back end of the business. So um, EMIF taught me that, you know, if you can systemize business, you can eventually walk away from it or spend less time running the business. And our listeners love um, knowing about which books to read. Yes. Um, and uh, E-Myth definitely, is a, it's, a, it's a classic. It is a classic and it's never ageing. Have you got another book you'd recommend out of interest? The, the, the other one, Natasha, I mean, I've got many books and I could talk for a while about books, but one of them, because I, I spent two years and I'd read 200 books just to update my knowledge on personal development, spiritual development, business, finances, everything. So and another book that was great was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and I thought that was amazing. There's a, there's a number of things in there which we need to do to succeed, and one of them was masterminding and collaboration was a key chapter in that book about the importance of being harmonious with those around you and working together with them to create an outcome where everybody benefits. I, I love that. And um, what, what do you think are the core elements of being harmonious? For me, trust is um, that relationship is, is critically important. And you even touched on spiritual development, which yes. is also a, a, a personal interest of mine. Yes. Well, how does that all come together? What... what um, what tips have you got for those listening that, that can that personal development side? I think um, I look at it as as uh, personal is the way we develop our mind, and spiritual is the way we develop our heart. You know whether we can exude peace and joy and and uh, and just naturally without really having to have anything happen. And if you can get to that state where you can naturally be peaceful and joyful and positive then that rubs off really well on the people you work with and that creates a more harmonious relationship. So in order to have a harmonious relationship, you've got to be harmonious within. No truer words were said and Stan, I'll be honest, every time I'm around you, I, I feel that energy that, that exudes from you. Oh, thank um, you. So yeah. it's quite tangible in that respect. Thank you. Let's talk about soul results yeah. because, first of all, what is soul results and how did it evolve? Back in my oh, about twenty over twenty years ago, now I I had the the privilege of finding the value of a business coach. I had no idea. And I got my very first business coach, and um, and he helped me 
um, changed my thinking, read certain books, put systems in the business. Um, and then I began going to courses as well, courses on personal development, courses on real estate, courses on business, courses on marketing. So I was growing um, internally in the way I think and the way I behave. And I attribute that to the people that I met, the coach that I had, the seminars I went to. And uh, it transformed my life such that my personal and professional life uh, began to change in front of my very eyes. And, um, and it created more success in life. And how you view success, I view it as a combination of achievement and fulfillment. And then I thought, wow, this is, um, this is great. Um, I just love to share it with others. Um, and, and part of that journey was going and meeting industry leaders and talking to them and asking them about their success and, and how they've done it. And I learned from them. And so then we launched uh, uh, Soul Results back in 2003, I think it was. Uh, and the purpose of it, and it's still the same, is really to, uh, to, to be a community contribution business where we give back to the community through we may interview industry leaders, we may provide some coaching, we might run a two-day um, in September, we normally run a two-day retreat. We do all sorts of things, a masterclass, and it's purely about giving back and helping others transform their life and their business as well. So, so it's very much about personal and professional development. And again, it's about there is a collaboration element Absolutely. to that because you're bringing in industry leaders, yeah. um, sharing and learning together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they love it because they get to share their story. And the, and the audience loves it because they hear, you know, in a 30 or 40 years of, of the journey condensed into a, you know, a 40-minute interview. And um, so everybody benefits. And they, you know, then they get to speak to the industry leader and, uh, um, and thank him and ask for advice. So it's, it's a great morning. So Stan, focusing on collaboration, what other examples have you seen and, and what does collaboration mean to you as a business owner and leader? Collaboration uh, is multifaceted. You collaborate if you have a business partner, you collaborate with your, your, the key people that you work with, you collaborate with consultants, you collaborate with other business people um, that are, um, there's no conflict of interest. So collaboration is the key to, to new ideas. Collaboration is the key to, to getting leads or, or getting um, information about how to do better. So, I don't, I don't, like I said earlier, I don't, it's it's really um, sometimes I look at sole traders and I just wish they could do one thing and that's just collaborate more, because that would get them out of the trap of uh, working so hard and uh, and not growing, being able to grow their business and not um, be able to have the business help their life rather their business becomes their life. So, so I think collaboration brings it's basically this this big pot of knowledge and, and um, experience that, that everyone shares and it's mutual benefit. That's right. Mutual benefit is, is critical. You said collaboration leads to new ideas. Have you got some examples of where collaboration has led to a new idea or a new outcome in your business? You know, over the years, um, we've had to implement some changes in the business to improve it or to grow it or to make it more profitable. So, you know, I may collaborate with another a business owner and, and then they um, tell me about a tender process they used with banks in order to drive down their interest rates. And so then I take on that idea and then I we put it into our business and then we create a tender process and that drives down our costs and um, we get a better deal. So that's a typical example. But if I didn't collaborate with this other business person and not go for a, a Mount Lofty walk with him, then I would never have known that. 
So, um, but lots of those situations, yeah. What a great example. Can we just talk about reversing back to um, when you had that seven-year itch? You talked about the fact that you then wanted to expand the business. I always like to touch on strategy. Did you, how defined was your strategy at that time for growth? What does it look like? Was it on a page that you said, I want one pharmacy and we'll get another one? Or did you go, right, well, I'm going to get another one and then I've got a plan to get another five and this is how we're going to do it? What, what did that look like back then? I think back then it was very um, a very immature process of strategy. It was really just um, an idea that you get excited and you want to pursue. So it's very focused on one thing, um, you know, uh, get that one more business. Um, but um, it's since evolved a lot. Even my goal setting back then was very um, was very much around you know writing it down once and then then not even looking at it for the rest of the year. Whereas now that you know strategy, you know we have strategic planning days and, and, and strategic planning documents and and reviews at, at board meetings and and so forth. it's very very structured. And um, and then even my my own personal goal setting is I have you know key goals that I look at you know every day or two and continually work towards them and make sure every quarter I've achieved what I want to achieve. So it has evolved a lot over the years. I just wish I knew that earlier because it would have accelerated growth and uh, and you'd get to point A to point B a lot quicker. So my journey took a lot longer than it should have. But with knowing this now, um, some of the, the the younger entrepreneurs should adopt you know a really good goal setting process for themselves and a and a and a really good strategic planning and execution process for their business. Great practical tip there, because I think sometimes it can be an overwhelming process. Yeah. And as you get to a certain size and scale, it starts to become more formal. Yes. But what you're really suggesting is try and make it a little bit more formal earlier. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it works. You know, it's it's like anything. The more you the more you know your goal, the more you look at it, the more you understand the steps and measure the, the execution of it, um, the quicker you're going to achieve it. Great insights there. Thank you, Stan. And now you're the executive chairman of Star Pharmacy Group. Yep. You've got CEOs and staff. How many people have you got in the business? I've got a total of about, uh, it'd be around that 800 staff, uh, Mark. 800 staff. Yeah, yeah. So it includes about... 40 mark in our in our head office so it is it's quite a responsibility a lot of lot of staff to um to take care of and uh, and uh, keep on board um but it's necessary um for, for the size we are just an insight into culture of, a, of an organization given size and scale of your business how do you manage culture within the organization yeah culture is um is an interesting thing we um um one of the things we do with and any new manager that comes in the group, we've got uh, a sole coach that coaches them and helps them develop mindset, set goals, create some purpose in their lives. So we think that's important for culture. We've got uh, um, an annual retreat we bring key managers to. We've got a couple of roadshows where we where we get together with people in different states. We've got end-of-year big Christmas parties, which thankfully are coming back on board this year. And also it's it's really what the culture filters from the top down. So it's uh, myself, my partner Peter, our CEO, we, we're always focused on on being the best we can version we can possibly be. So it's always about treating every employee well and greeting them and, and talking to them and, and inquiring how they're going and how can things be better. Um, so it's treating people the way you'd love to be treated and um, and that filters, we hope, from the top down. So ultimately culture is what happens when you're not there. In- and so we um, we hope that I get comments that when people pop into our, our stores that, you know, really happy staff and, and a really nice culture, yeah. 
It's been a privilege having your CEO, David Clark, as part of the SA Leaders Network, or he still is. Yes. And that leads to that shared values that you and I have stand around supporting your people. That's what yes, you're saying. Absolutely. Offering them all the, the, the coaching and the lead, leadership and the development. Yep. Support, We've got mentoring support. programs inside our inside the group as well with this ongoing monthly mentoring and each manager with their goals and some accountability. And, uh, and that's really important to, to help them grow. But, yeah, we're big on developing people. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing those insights, Dan. Have you got any last sort of practical advice you'd like to leave our listeners with, bearing in mind that they are leading businesses, they're making decisions each day? What would be an insight you'd like to leave with them? I think it's, um, you know, if you're a leader of your business, less is more. Look at making one or two really important decisions each day rather than trying to make a lot of decisions. And, um, and look at empowering others to do more and you do less. So you've got more time to think about your business and build relationships. And um, so less is more is, is something that I'd really encourage. And, and the second thing is um, I'd say um, keep an open mind. Just, just um, imagine that every person you meet every day, whether it's an employee or a consultant or a customer, you can learn from them. If you've got an open mind, every day you will learn. And, uh, and you'll keep improving. Stan, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I really feel that we could chat for hours yes, and hours <laughs> me and too. Like, tap, into your, <laughs> tap into your insights. But you're very generous with your time. And I think what I love about everything that you do in life, it's you've always made time to give back, yes. give back to your community. And I love how you said success is about achievement and fulfilment. Fulfilment is, is critical. Absolutely. Fulfillment is, an, is, is different for everybody. For some people, it's uh, spending more time with their family. For others, it's uh, spending more time in leisure. For others, it's doing more charity work. For others, it's meditating. For others, whatever it is, um, just to make sure you balance it right. Because if you're just achieving all the time, you'll burn out. Um, if you want longevity in business, you've got to balance achievement with fulfillment. Perfect. Thank you very much for your time, Stan Contos. Thank you, Natasha. It's been a pleasure. At SA Leaders, we are all about collaboration and community. If you're curious to know more about how we help businesses and leaders just like you scale and grow beyond the glass ceilings, then visit our website at www.saleaders.com.au. And please don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast with your network and write a review if you really enjoyed it. This has been an Audiosity production. I'm Natasha Milani and I look forward to chatting with you next time. Happy connecting. Happy connecting.